sir, we promised you a great man here tonight. Andre, the start this week, ladies and gentlemen. was probably the high of the week. Welcome to the what? That's right, says Fiend Morris. The true debut of the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And that that's what it felt like at SummerSlam this week. It felt like the actual real beginning of the Fiend. Because as cool as the Firefly Funhouse had been, excuse me, and as, you know, and we'd seen him before, this was different. This, what happened at SummerSlam, was something very, very cool. And naturally, you know, I was around people. Shout out to everyone who came out to Legends. Stack Guy Greg was in the building. I like delicious chicken. And by the way, speaking of liking delicious chicken, Stack Guy Greg not only ordered a, a, an order of delicious chicken, at some point I saw him order another order of delicious chicken. I'd never seen this before. I like delicious chicken. I know that traditionally, you know, some, you'll get wings as an appetizer. He got the wings as an appetizer, and then for his main course, he also shared more wings. So he lives the gimmick 24-7. But shout out to everyone who was there and uh, came out. And I did notice right away, you know, this very typical attitude that we all, we often tend to have as WWE fans, and that is... This is awesome. I wonder how they're going to screw it up. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's not reasonable to have that opinion. You guys know. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Sorry, just one. But at the same time, you don't want to completely um, ruin everything that happens because all you're doing is thinking about how are they going to mess this up next. So... The Fiend was very, very cool. I I do see it being hard to keep it that cool because I think the more you see it, it's just one of those things that inherently gets less cool. I don't think there's a real way to avoid that. But listen, I mean, The Undertaker's entrance stayed hot forever. So maybe this is magic and it stays that way for a very long time. Kickoff show. I mean, guys, I, I only had the kickoff show on in Legends... It was up on the TV, so I didn't really pay attention. And one thing I'm not going to do is, you know, bash the kickoff show now that I no longer do it. But I will tell you, it looks messier 
there is something me- messier about the kickoff show. It's it's it feels all over the place. And maybe it is literally that I just miss myself on it. And I'm like, oh, I I brought something to that that gave it some something even consistent broadcastery professional. All those things are true. I don't think it's just that. But I'm sorry. There's something I don't understand why they have Coach and Charlie co-hosting. It, it, there's no format in the world of pre-shows, halftime shows, post-shows in which they do two hosts and then panelists. It just doesn't make sense. So, uh, but I didn't really hear anything. It's just from how it appears to me watching it. I only heard a little bit of it. Um, we we saw the Drew Gulak match. Um, got what we expected there. Um, Buddy Murphy by DQ and Bliss Cross, um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross all, uh, win on the kickoff show, blah, blah, blah. So we jump right into it. You get, um, Becky Lynch and Natalia. No big surprise. Becky Lynch gets the win. That's not the most important thing that ends up happening with Natalia this week. Um, the match was fine. Um, it was cool. It was good. I mean, it was about what you'd expect. Um, Goldberg and Dolph. I I didn't understand. I, I'm sure there's a logic to why they had Dolph call out Goldberg and then Goldberg come back after the match and beat him up more. Um, that's fine. I, I you know, this served its purpose. Like I've said many times on this podcast, if you want to make Goldberg or um, Undertaker look good. The way to do it, put them in with Dolph Ziggler. They will. I think that was effective. I think that worked in that regard. Was it exciting? Now, if I'm sitting there in the crowd, am I excited by the first two matches? No, not particularly. I maybe enjoy the Goldberg match. But no, this isn't a great, exciting start. Um, AJ Styles and Ricochet, good stuff that you would expect um, from those guys. We will get more to the OC later. Because um, obviously they're a big part of that story. And I have some mail about that. I still, I really do hate the name, the OC. It's just, I just don't think I can forget about the show, the OC. I just don't think I can. Anthony, are you listening to the podcast or no? Oh, he is. Anthony, our producer today, is actually a huge WWE fan. So I'll bring you in, Anthony. What are your thoughts on the the name, the OC? I'm just going to give you a second to adjust your microphone. He has to pot it up so it doesn't go over the air. That would be embarrassing. But Anthony always has something interesting to say about wrestling when I see him every week. Let's get your thoughts. On the OC? Yeah. What The name, the OC. Now, you're younger. How old are you? I'm 25. So you probably... But I know the show. But So, so, does, so that's what I think of automatically. Also. When I think the OC, that's what I think of. So you're 25. I'm 40. We both hear the OC and think the TV show. I'm thinking we're going to cut to something else. We're not going to go to wrestling. Right. And certainly not tough guys. That's not what you picture. No, that is not what I would picture. And even if you were to picture dudes from the OC, the last thing you would picture is Gallows and Anderson. I mean, they don't look like they'd fit, on, fit in on the OC. They wouldn't date any of the girls on the OC. Um... Are you enjoying the OC? Are you enjoying the 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 club being re-energized? Outside of the name, I love the fact that that it's coming back because okay. that's probably where they were their strongest at any point in their wrestling careers. And it took WWE a little too long to figure that out, but here we are. Yeah, that's a good call, and I think a big part of that is the fact that um, they got scared that the club would have been the perfect people to leave for AEW. So, not going to let that happen. So we're going to lock you in, and we're going to come up with something that really pushes you and that's cool but the name the oc is just i'll, I'll tell you what it, it's it's tough for me to to deal with there's just no way around it um bailey and ember moon i mean this match just had i'm not going to spend time on it um they both were fine but it just it came out of nowhere um bailey ends up getting the win and again ember maybe has a more meaningful match on smackdown this week shane mcmahon versus ko Kevin Owens gets the ring, gets the win, Elias involved. Cool. I'm good with that. Here's where I start really uh, enjoying things, um, probably from this point on. I really enjoyed Charlotte versus Trish. Um, Stratus, the satisfaction she hit, you could tell, you could see her age on that um, and that she's not working a lot. But in general, you could tell Charlotte is the kind of person who puts a lot of 
attention in to all detail. And you could see that in this match. I really thought they did a nice job. Um, Charlotte gets the win with her finish, with her submission. Um, that's the right way to do it. Uh, the figure eight is the way to go to end it. Trish gets her ovation. She walks off into that good night. She does it at home in Toronto. I think it was just done the right way. Um, so, uh, you know, there were moments that weren't perfect. I'm not going to an- analyze every single move throughout it. We know that we knew that was bound to happen. You have someone who's not working regularly against someone who's basically from a different generation of wrestlers altogether. That being said, they made it work pretty well. And I think you give Charlotte a lot of credit. Trish too, you know, for staying in generally good shape and in pretty decent ring shape. But Charlotte, I think deserves a lot of credit, um, for that match. And, and I enjoyed it. Um, Kofi and Randy Orton. What I like about this is advancing. The double countout came out of nowhere, and it was so ridiculously fast. I did not even under. I was looking around. Everyone who I was with was looking around, going, "What happened?" No one seemed to, you know, understand what happened with Randy and Kofi and why the match ended. Thank you, Paul, Peter, Rosenberg, whatever your name is. <laughs> I guess thanks to him too. So, but I do like that they extend this story. I like that, A, it, it, it changes Kofi's character by him losing it because of Orton. And it's interesting, right? We talked about on this show, I specifically said the way to handle this story. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Is to have Randy get involved with Kofi's family. They've been using Kofi's family more and more. If you watch the 24 there, but everywhere. Randy should provoke Kofi through his family. And I thought they could do that leading up. They could still do more of it. But I thought that was the way to do it. They ended up doing it during the match. As a result, Kofi loses his mind, gets a double count out, keeps the title, and we now know we will see more between Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston. Um, and I think that's the right thing. Um, if you're going to put these guys together, tell a story. Things have to start meaning something for Randy Orton during this stretch of his career. They just do. He's too damn good. You guys know how I feel about 2005 Randy Orton. Do not ruin it for 2005 Randy Orton. Especially considering he spent half that year on the shelf after having surgery. So I really, really, uh, I like that this is going to keep going. And it's okay. SummerSlam is not WrestleMania. That's clear. Not just from this card. Really, if you go back and look at all the cards. I mean, I, I think the question I ask you guys is, is SummerSlam... WrestleMania adjacent or WrestleMania adjacent esque? Because I sort of think it's WrestleMania adjacent esque. It, it, it does not feel close to WrestleMania. And maybe that's just the difference between arena and stadium, but it doesn't feel close at all. So I enjoy the storyline being further with these two. And then, of course, we get everyone's favorite. So not only has the rock bottom, I mean the uh, Stone Cold Stunner, been stolen by Kevin Owens, but now the Mandible Claw from The Fiend. He really is The Fiend. You know, you know he's a Fiend. He's stealing people's moves right and left. The only one, the only person scarier is the the Fiend Morris. I was so happy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I see. Uh huh. Welcome to the what? So everyone loves this. Um. It's creepy, it's weird, it's unique. The lantern, the lantern with his face on it and his mouth open was terrifying. It's just well done. It's just well done. It's it's kind of right now what separates WWE and you go, wow, this is a higher level product. It really is that good. Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins, a clean win for Seth Rollins, super kick, curb stomp, took a couple of curb stomps. He wins the title back clean in the middle of the ring over Brock Lesnar. Listen, if you're going to do that, I like that he just gets 
a nice, clean win. If we're going to move on from this, give that to Seth Rollins. Let him have that. And if you're wondering why I'm not talking TakeOver, it's because I haven't watched it yet, but I will watch it this weekend, and we can talk about it when SGG is back from vacation next week. I didn't even mention that. Shout out to uh, SGG and his valet. They are uh, in Europe this week. He's a traveling man, SGG. Okay? Oh, my goodness. So Thanks for nothing, Shaq. <laughs> SGG, I, I'm, I'm sure, is having a great time, and he brought me some delicious cookies from his fiance. I like delicious chicken. So I want to say thank you for that. They were delightful. Oh my god. Well, at first Greg attempted to give me the cookies and he kept him he kept them with him all night. So at the end of the pay-per-view, him and I left uh just before the last match. We watched the main event at home because it was getting late. I'd work early in the morning. Greg had to go uptown because he's uptown Malcolm. I had to go back uptown. So we watched the final match there and he's like, "Oh, I've been saving the cookies all night. Here you go." And the 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 chocolate cookies that he'd saved for me had literally been crumbled into dust. It looked like a bag of dirt. So he felt guilty. He didn't want to do. He didn't want to make the valet look bad. So then he deeped in. Somehow Greg had a stash of baked goods, which means, by the way, if you're keeping track at home, he kept this stash of baked goods on him for the entire SummerSlam event, which is incredible when you think about it. He was hanging out with just a stash of baked goods because he replaced my chocolate dirt with new cookies at the end of the night. So anyways, thank you to SGG and the valet. Uh, it is it is appreciated. So we when Greg comes back next week from vacation, which is right before I go on vacation, um, so I'll probably be taking off that week, the last week of August. Um, we will we will break down um, uh, takeover. So Seth Rollins, um, Raw this week. Obviously, Seth Rollins, your new champion. But let's get to some of the things we need to talk about. How about first of all, King of the Ring is back. Apparently, King of the Ring is has arbitrarily come back again. Of all the things that go away and come back in WWE, none of it may be as random as King of the Ring. It is so all over the place when it comes, when it goes. And who they even decide to put in it. From Raw, The Miz, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Ali, Apollo Crews, Chad Gable, Elias, Andrade, Buddy Murphy, and Shelton Benjamin. Buddy Murphy, of course, coming off a big, big uh, match with Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Um, Well, listen, you, you guys probably know. I... When I look at these names off top, the first thing that pops in my head is Drew McIntyre. I think about who looks good as King of the Ring. Who makes sense to be King of the Ring and have the scepter and the robe? You know, who is the right person? They've done King of the Ring. It's so random. First one was 93. They did 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2015. Okay. I see. Uh huh. <laughs> it's so random. I see. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and bad news, Barrett. Your King of the Ring champion. Very, very interesting how random the history of it is. But when you think about the people who have been involved in the 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 finals, um, big big names, and the people who carried it, big. Although, hold on, the, the way they're listing these events is not even right. No, no, no. That's the pay-per-view King of the Ring. Let's see. How do you find the right version? King of the Ring is a WWE. This article is about the event series for the tournament itself. See, King of the Ring tournament. Aha, I apologize. So I skipped a bunch in there, but it's still random nonetheless. Um, That was about the pay-per-view. 85 
Don Morocco. Don't even remember that existing. Of course, we all remember Harley Race becoming the king of wrestling in 1986. Savage, 87. DiBiase, 88. Tito Santana, 89. Brett. See, now it, now it starts skipping around. Brett in 91 and 93. Owen in 94. Mabel in 95. By the way, in watching 2005, I've been watching a lot of Viscera. I'll just tell you this. Whatever name you want to use for him. He was underrated athletic when we talk about athletic big men. I just have to say that. Considering how ridiculously huge that dude was. God rest his soul. Passed away back in 2014. But man, he was super athletic considering he was ginormous. Six foot nine, 450, 60, 70, 80 pounds. So anyways, uh, Mabel 95, Stone Cold Steve Austin 96, Triple H 97, Shamrock 98, Billy Gunn 99, that's weird. 2000 Kurt Angle, 2001 Edge, and it's interesting, if you look at King of the Ring early on, and by the way, let's not count the early one. You, you really, it means something different once you get to the mid-90s. Although they really, the Harley race thing ran for a very long time. It was a big deal. And of course, you know, Macho King was clearly a thing. It becomes more meaningful when you get to the, to me, it's around Owen. Brett, Brett, they show Brett's a lot. It had meaning too, but Brett was already major by that point. You know, Brett's already a world champion contender in between 91 and 93. So I think Owen in 94 is the beginning of King of the Ring being super impactful. Owen Hart over Razor Ramon, Mabel over Savio Vega, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin over Jake Roberts of, Roberts, of course, we know what that means, Triple H over Mankind, Shamrock over The Rock, Billy Gunn over X-Pac, which, which is sort of feels like the outlier, Kurt Angle over Rikishi, Edge over Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar over Rob Van Dam. Then it jumps from 2002 to 2006, and that's where we get King Booker. Booker T over Bobby Lashley. William Regal over Punk in 2008, so it's every two years there. But then we get to 2010, Sheamus over John Morrison. Um, And there's a gap from 2010 to 2015, and Bad News Barrett over Neville, and now here we are in 2019. So... Be very, very interesting to see what they make of this and how much you can make it mean something, especially in an era in which there are already a bajillion titles. You know, that's one of the things that it's competing with. I'm going to try Dipperstein. Let's see if we can get a hold of the fiend Dipperstein. Everyone, hold on. I told him I would be calling today. I expect that he'd prioritize this. Wow, he really is the fiend. Let's call his office. You want to hear what professional Dipperstein sounds like? Here we go. Oh, he's calling back. Is this the fiend Dipperstein? It's kind of a fiend day already. I'm having a fiend day. Oh no! Why is it why is it a fiendish day? Oh, I got I got uh, I'm, I'm redoing Dipperstein Towers and I'm having problems galore. It's my contractor. It's, he's a fiend contractor. That's a shame because I um I went to Dunkin' Donuts earlier and had the 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 fiend culotta of the cinch. <laughs> I just went to my I just went to the the coffee section of my kitchen mm-hmm. in my office and all the coffee dispensers were cold. So I'm drinking fiend coffee right now. Oh my god. It's a fiend world we live in right now. I would say it's a pretty fiend world. I after you didn't answer the first time, I called your 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 office line so we could get the whole professional Dipperstein phone answering experience. But you uh-huh. but you but you called back and ruined it, so don't worry about it. Ooh, next time. So needless to say, I've already gone through SummerSlam. Um needless to say, you were very pleased with Bray Wyatt. Oh, I've been listening to the song. I downloaded the I, I downloaded the song and I've been listening to it in my car. Which is amazing because 
That happened with me the first time Bray was Mage too. I loved his first song. Oh no, your phone line. You, you have a fiend phone line right now. Oh no, fiend fiend Dipperstein strikes again. What I really want to get uh, fiend Dipperstein's feedback on is King of the Ring and the arbitrariness of it coming back, and if this can be something mage. So. I'm excited, though, that there's at least there's something on Raw. You know what the problem is, though? When they do tournaments like this in one night, this is going to make me fiend Rosenberg. It's it's too much wrestling. It's too much wrestling in one night. Wow. What happened? Fiend FaceTime. Oh, everything is fiend right now. So I was just discussing the King of the Ring coming back, the... The, oh, God. The random... The fiend King of the Ring. I figured you'd find it to be Fiend King of the Ring. Are you... Uh, it's Repug. It's Repug. Ugh. Ugh. What, you're disgusted by how random it is? Yes, of course. There's no reason for it. It's a way to fill up weeks of television for no reason. It's nothing. If you want to do a King of the Ring... Look, I don't, I don't I hate the idea of doing it as a pay-per-view, but it can't be the same eight people that we see wrestling every week. Do it with different people. I mean, I know, but was Buddy Murphy in it, right? Yeah. I like Buddy Murphy. Uh, that's it. good. That's fine. Ali. But it should be like the Buddy Murphys and the Ali's. I can't, like, well, they're good. I, I, all the main eventers are in it. It's, it's, it's nothing. What is it? It just matches. Well, the main eventers aren't in it. It's main eventers are just. Yeah, they are. No. Man, like, give me, read them down. It's, alright, I just read it. We'll read it again. It's main eventers okay. are J's. Okay. Um, it's The Miz, Ricochet, mm-hmm. Cedric. Ricochet's a main eventer. Okay, Cedric is acceptable. Ricochet's not a main eventer. He's main eventer James. Mm, he's bordering on main eventer. He's never main event. Well, he's main evented a Raw. Um, yeah. Cedric yeah. Alexander, Samoa Joe, Drew, Drew McIntyre. Main eventer. No, he's not. Drew McIntyre, the, he doesn't even win matches. The man doesn't win. I understand, but these are the people that are in the main events of Raw and SmackDown. So it's like, whatever, we're arguing about nothing, but I'm just saying it's, yes, it, it, if they were to... Give a shot to a little bit, you know. If they were to just spread it or spread the love around a little bit, I don't need to see. No, no. Well, well, they 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 are. They they are. There is still a lot of that. That, That's not actually my argument for it because you still have, you still have Sami Zayn, um, Cesaro, KO, Ali, Apollo Cruz, Chad Gable, Elias, Andrade, Buddy Murphy, Shelton Benjamin. So those are names like you were looking for. The second half, sort of. Yeah. The the SmackDown. The SmackDown guys. Ali. Um, I think it's a good spot for Elias, who who barely gets to wrestle. Um, Shelton Benjamin, I think, is perfect. Um, he does basically nothing. Same with Chad Gable. I, yeah, I know you're a big Shelton Benjamin, Mark. I, I think that Ali, I think Ali wins. That's my that's my prediction. I, I like your thoughts. I think Ali or Buddy Murphy is a very smart prediction right now, and yeah. and and I don't think. The attitude may be that Buddy Murphy doesn't need it as much. He just had that huge match with Roman Reigns last week, so I I like Ali. I think that's a solid. Me, me I think that's a solid call for what could happen. Of course, for me, I have not completely given up on Drew McIntyre yet. So, um, from a picturing the person with the robe and the and the scepter, I like Drew McIntyre getting that. Um, I agree. I agree. But I will say, King Ali. Makes a lot of sense, and you know, whoever wins, they're gonna they're gonna do. I think they're what my what my guess would be is that whoever wins will do the will be the do the king gimmick. But here's the problem. Think? Here's the problem, though. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they could make Ali a heel, um, but That's I just, what it would happen maybe. It, because the king thing only works with heels. I know. It, it doesn't, know. you can't be a good, a good guy who's like, I'm the king, look at me, I'm King Bret Hart. It doesn't make any sense. It, you look like a goofball. You look like a goofball wearing a crown, whereas if you're a heel taking yourself seriously, it makes sense. I think your Drew McIntyre prediction is probably the best version of this because the, the chances of Ali winning and then turning heel like as a result of or during is like very low. You know what I mean, and I and I don't think these days they can even see someone at Ali's size being a heel. I don't think they know how to do it. I don't think they seem interested in doing it. You know, ne- I think that's, that's 
Neville, Neville was so good as a heel. He was meant to be a heel, and it just never felt like they were particularly interested in it. Yeah, he also looks like a gargoyle. I mean, he's so. Neville's a terrifying individual, confirmed. I mean, he should be made of stone and put on the side of a house. <laughs> oh, my God. For the record, if someone turned Neville into a real-life gargoyle, he was made of stone, how much would you spend on him for Dipperstein Towers? I think he's worth at least three or 4000 Where would you put it? Where would you put the gargoyle of Neville in your house? Probably right on top of the, uh, probably attached to the wall on top of the front door. Oh my god, so right when you show up to the house, hey, it's the gargoyle Neville! There's Neville! Oh, we, god, it's been a long time. Living right in the home of Fiend Dipperstein. It would be Mage. Oh, Fiend Dipperstein's been, been out there recently, I'll tell you that right now. So, uh, what else? How did you generally feel about SummerSlam? I enjoyed the show. I just feel like there is storytelling again. Whether it's the, 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 the fiend, whether it's um, the the Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan thing, it, it just it feels like there's reasons to watch. They're leaving us on cl- with cliffhangers. They're they're telling stories. The the it just it, it's starting to matter a little bit more. I don't know if it's a result of the of the Bischoff and the Heyman or whatever. I, I think it probably is, but it, we're, I'm starting to like want to watch again next week. Oh, I will like. I please tell me if I'm wrong. I want to know what happens with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. There's so much speculation online that it was Daniel Bryan ultimately responsible, and probably that's exactly what it is. And he'll just say, "Oh, like he'll finally give up and say it was him." But maybe it's not. Maybe maybe the internet has overblown that to such a degree that they want to give the fans a swerve or give the fans something. Who knows? But the fact that there's any kind of speculation and there's a reason to watch to find out is more than we've seen in years. On the show, so I'm excited to, to 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 watch next week to see what happens. Well, I am also excited to watch next week to see the follow up uh, to Sasha Banks' return. Yes, there's another there's another thing. Finally, Sasha Banks comes back. Everyone was interested to know when that was going to happen. It happened. She rips off a wig. She has different hair. She attacks the baby face. She turns heel. I mean, there's this is something. There's something going on. There's something, something going, going on. on. Believe me. Believe me. Now, now, in, in the case of Sasha, too, old school tropes, different hair, do that stuff. They did it back in the day for a reason. It makes sense. Um, can I tell you one little problem I have that drives me crazy about commentary in this era? Uh-huh. Sasha turns heel. Corey, Corey should then change his mind and like her. He shouldn't continue to say he hates her. I noticed that. I, I noticed that. I told you she's the worst. She's blah, blah, blah. Corey hat leans heel. There's no avoiding it. He leans heel. It's like, it's like the number one priority is no matter what, still having Corey bury Sasha in some way. And I'm not saying that's Corey's decision or someone else's decision. I truly have no idea. But I think Corey knows right from wrong and knows that that's the right thing to do, and he's probably being told to do otherwise. It just seems to me the second you, you're being a heel and you're talking about how much you don't like Sasha, oh, she's stealing the spotlight, here she comes, ruining Natty's blah, 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 boom. The second she turns on Natty, it should be, I've always liked Sasha Banks. I've always told you she's great. You never understood what I was saying. You're Agreed. You're a heel. You're yeah. always right. It doesn't matter. I, this is the, this is what I was waiting for. She's never been able to make up her mind. This is the real Sasha Banks. I, I, I don't understand why they can't commit on commentary to people being heels or baby faces. What's so wrong with it? Well, I'll tell you the other, the other massive mistake is that she shouldn't have gone after Becky Lynch. She should have gone after Bailey. You know, make it a little bit more dramatic. Okay. She's after Becky. Of course she's after Becky Lynch, but she should have. Well, Bailey, Bailey wasn't on Raw this week. Uh, whatever. Then, she, then they should have premiered her on SmackDown. No, they and, take they take the different brands very seriously. Okay. <laughs> if you're on one brand, you can't get anywhere near the other. No way. Don't you agree though? It should have been Billy that she attacked, and then it would have been even more dramatic. She attacked Becky Lynch, of course. I mean, the, they wanted to set up a match for. But like, I would have. I'd much rather see Sasha Banks versus Bailey in like a blood feud than I would to see a one-off. There's no story between Sasha and Becky other than that Sasha wants the title. See again. I like the fact that they brought Sasha back and turned her heel. 
but they still don't go all the way with the storyline to show, like, to give them a reason to hate each other. Just like she wants the title, that's not a reason. That's not a story. How about the mo- How about the moment? I agree with you. Um, I wonder whether if it was Bailey there, it would have been so obvious because they've done it before and we it never got finished. Um, although it almost f- felt a little obvious. It wasn't obvious. It was still very good. But her coming out to interrupt Natalia was so heelish that it did make me think who interrupts someone when they're giving a tribute to their father. Um, right. Right. So, it gave it away. It gave it away a little bit. Like there's no yeah. way you could have your music hit and come out da- doing your little dance when you when your friend is honoring her father who died a year ago to the day now how about this did you notice when they were outside the ring that moment where it just looked like becky was kicking sasha in real life yes i saw that and it sounded crazy it sounded crazy you mean that you mean when sasha was kicking becky no so so both so sasha uh, get yeah. sasha gets down and slaps becky really hard across the face and if you watch immediately after the slap to the face becky just starts kicking and flailing her legs not like a wrestler but like a little brother who's angry like seriously like she kicked her like get off of me it didn't look like working at all now, I could be wrong. I could just be the world's biggest mark. All are possible. But in that moment, it felt to me like, whoa. And I'll tell you one thing. Sasha working completely heel and has so much potential for problems in terms of how she works with other women on the roster. Because I, I, I already think that Sasha naturally brings so much heat when she works with people that a situation like that we're like, hey, I'm the bad guy, so I'm going to be stiff. I'm going to be slapping you. I could see that all going very, very wrong, which for the audience makes for fantastic television. Yeah, but um, yeah, but like, of course, they they don't like I was saying before. They don't get, they don't take it all the way. Like, I'm surprised that they didn't. Mm. Oh no! You know what's happened again? Oh no no. The Fiend. The Fiend Dipperstein strikes again just as he's getting the right into the middle of it. Good night. Good luck. It's written. I can't take any more. Where'd you lose me? We're, we're, it was, Fiend Dipperstein struck again. Um, Where'd you lose me? They wouldn't, they, they won't go far enough. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, God. You lost me there? Okay. Hours I was just ago. Saying, I was just saying, it doesn't shock me that, I, I said that, you know, real life scenarios are incorporated a lot these days, and it doesn't. For everyone, attitude. And that was like her re-entry into maybe, and I was saying maybe on Monday when they give her the mic and she does a promo, which you know she will, she doesn't like talk about that or whatever. Like, I'm surprised that, you know what I mean? I'm surprised that like, what will be her heel character? What will be her reason for turning heel? I, I'm, I'm curious. Well, and, 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 and also it gets a lot more nerve wracking once she has the mic and starts talking. Um, well, we know that. But I'm just saying, what is her reasoning going to be? You know, it would be different. Sasha Banks. There's only one way to make this work with her as a heel. Mm-hmm. B- bring in her obnoxious snowflake Jewish liberal New York manager. Mm. Monday Night Rosenberg. I don't oh. know any of those people. I know. Who would it be? <laughs> what if it. the What if the person that uh, is trying to kill Roman Reigns is Luke Harper? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I mean, except for then we have Harper and Roan again, which is meh. Who, yeah. But who else could it be if it's not, you know, it's not ha- them. It's them, right? Ha- have you considered Fiend Morris? Welcome to the what? <clears throat> There's nothing scarier than Morris when he hasn't had his borscht. Where's um, SGG? Is SGG- he still doing the podcast with you? Yeah, SGG is still doing the podcast. He's in Spain, I believe. Ooh, okay. Talk about living the gimmick. I like delicious chicken. I was telling the audience earlier, SGG at the uh, SummerSlam party ordered 15 wings when we when we sat down to eat, and and then and then someone else uh, wanted to share more food, and he ordered more wings. Well, he's you know he's uh, was he physically congested? 
Oh my goodness. He's, he's physically gargantuan. Shout out. Also, I gotta hang up with you and do mailbag. And one of the great emails we have today, someone referred to him as Trish Stratless. Trish Statless. <laughs> Talking about how great that match was. That was the, that was the best match of the night. I did. I put it over big time. I was, I was yeah. very, you gotta give Charlotte a lot of credit. It was very good. Um, let me, let me say one more thing about the fiend. So apparently, okay. apparently I read this this morning. They, um, there's a, there's criticism out there that it's too, it, it really is scary, by the way. And, and when you go now on to look at the entrance on YouTube, on the, on the I know, YouTube, they, they, YouTube channel, they I know. cut it. I heard Anthony. They don't show the head. My producer Anthony told me that they removed the head. You know, I mean, it is, it's grotesque looking. But I will tell you, I will tell you at some point with wrestling, like nothing made me sicker and dip. If you read it, it probably made you puke in your mouth. Uh-huh. That a couple of weeks ago on the conference call, Vince McMahon referred to the bloodiness of AEW and how th- we don't do things like that. You know, this is not. Yes, I saw that. It, yeah, yeah, I read that. It, I read that. It makes me puke. Make up your mind, guys. This is not Disney. It's wrestling. You, you got it. You, okay, we can't have blood. We can't have chair shots. And now you do something awesome and it's too scary. I, I mean, sorry. Kids get scared watching things sometimes. It, it, like I was scared of wrestlers when I was a kid. Yeah, I, you know, you know, how I feel. I was scared of Muda. I was desperate. I was, I was terrified of Muda. I was terrified of Bundy. You were terrified of Bundy. What oh, a different scary. That's such a difference in scariness there. Well, that's a different kind of fear. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, were you, were you scared of his his male pattern baldness? That's what it was. I, I was, I was scared that one day I would have the same haircut. The same body and be forced to wear the same unitard. Mm. So it was a different kind of fear. It was am I going to become King Kong, King Kong Bundy um, and become a weird cat man who lives by myself in New Jersey? I shouldn't say it. It's sad. Um, me, I got one more thing to tell you. Okay. Let me tell you what I had for breakfast this morning. Okay. Pastrami salmon from from Nate Nails. Oh. What are your thoughts? Oh, Dipperstein, that sounds delicious. Please study your Haftorah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the pastrami salmon is, mm, I mean, Jewy goodness at its finest. If you can get it, you order it. If it's there, you get it. You have to. I, I don't know anyone who doesn't want the pastrami salmon over the regular lux. I don't know anybody. Uh, I can't name one person. You know, I guess you're right. I guess I'd prefer it. Sure, sure, sure. What's your, if you, if you go, if you have, if you're dying tomorrow, God forbid, and they go, you have one bagel left, what's the bagel you make? Well, it's, it's complicated because my favorite kind of bagel is everything. That's fine. But I mean, what's the bagel? What's the, what's the uh full spread? What do you put, what is the last bagel? They'll give you anything you want. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now because this is what I, what I get. My, my favorite dish in Los Angeles at Barney's apostrophe S Greengrass. Okay. Well done. And this is what it would be. It's an everything bagel with um, one schmear of cream cheese. Okay. Like I would say two layers, two schmears of cream cheese, two soft scrambled eggs on top of that. Wow. And then I sprinkle capers over it. Oh, big, big, oh I'm one of the biggest caper guys in the business today. Oh, I could snack on them all day. In fact, I'm going to ask my assistant to get me a, a, a can of... Uh, uh, capers? capers right oh now. my god. <laughs> Go get me some capers. I want some capers. Scream, I don't care where you find them. <laughs> Just find so, them. Yeah. That, so, that's repugnant. Then, Is that it? No. Then capers, and then I'll put the locks over the capers. And then, and then if there's like a lettuce garnish, Oh. I'll put the lettuce you're, you're, on top you're, of that. You're, honestly, this is yeah. fiend Dipperstein. You are a troll. Ma- you are truly a maniac. That is a ma- maniacal order. It's delicious. It's delicious. My final bagel, if I had to do it, would be the same one I get in most circumstances. It is a toasted, scooped out sesame, cream cheese, lox, tomato, good night, good luck. I don't That's scoop it. out. It's ridiculous. So how much? How much really? How much fat are you really saving you're, or, or getting rid of there when you scoop? You're you're getting rid of carbs and you're replacing it with delicious fatty cream cheese. Uh, it's better. I'd oh, stop. I'd ra- I'd rather have cream. I'd rather have cream cheese than than more bread. That's me. I prefer cream cheese. So you you scoop and then you toast. So you're eating a cracker. 
You're putting cream cheese on a cracker. I think they, I think they, I think they toast then scoop. I think they toast uh, then. No, you can't toast then scoop. You scoop then toast. Either way, it works fine. It's not a cracker. It doesn't get that hard. Uh, you know what? I, I gotta go. I gotta finish the podcast. Go eat your capers. Mm-hmm. Good night. Good luck. Stay I see. Uh huh. All right. Goodbye. Fiend Dipperstein, everyone. He comes in and steals the show again. By the way, I need to give a shout out to Vivid Seats. You know what Vivid Seats is by now. It's an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment. You, I'm not going to read it to you what they have written down. If you need tickets to something, you go to Vivid Seats. It's that simple. You go to the App Store or Google Play and you download the Vivid Seats app, okay? Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program and will enjoy double credit all August long. So if you want to go to a wrestling event, you want to go to All Out, you want to go to the next WWE pay-per-view, you want to go to SmackDown's debut in Los Angeles, I don't know, get the Vivid Seats app. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. So get over to Vivid Seats. And also, again, big shout-out to our guy, Ariel. There's a huge UFC this weekend, UFC 241. Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic, uh, Ariel Helwani will react to that fight and much more on Ariel Helwani's MMA show. New shows posted every Monday night, and you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Big shout out to Ariel Helwani. Does an absolutely great job. Let me take a couple of emails before we get out of here. Um, and I apologize for having to sort of do a, a bit of a rush job this week, but no SGG, lots of radio to do. Um, Robert Rock writes us. Mail. Your Majesty, I listen to so many versions of the show at this point I've lost count. One thing has always made me laugh. It's Greg's belief that Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler of all time. I don't know why that makes you laugh. That's crazy. While I believe he's arguably one of the all-time greats, he's nowhere near number one. I would, in fact, argue he's not even the best Hart of all time. I think that Owen Hart had all the technical skill that Greg admires in Bret Hart and the charisma that Bret lacked. If Owen had been given the type of push... That Brett had, he would have been a better consistent draw than his older brother. I know Greg is going to run me down for this if you read it on the air. Tell him to email me back and we can debate this civilly. Love you both and enjoying the shoot arrow, baby. Welcome to the shoot arrow, baby. Good message. And uh, listen, I don't disagree that Owen was in some ways more charismatic than Brett and technically amazing. Um, Owen did have a couple of moments, though. Steve Austin, obviously. A couple of moments, though, where... He, he did prove to maybe not be as flawless in the ring as Brett was. Um, but I think it's a fair argument. You can totally have the argument. Adam writes us. Hey, guys, love the podcast. Excited for the return of King of the Ring. It's about time they brought it back. However, what if instead of 16 superstars from the main roster, they did 12 from the main roster, 6 from Raw and SmackDown, and the remaining four were singles champions from NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, etc. Just imagine... Dream versus Murphy, Walter versus McIntyre. I, it's a great idea. What do you think? Stay mage, enjoy yourself, and welcome to the shoot arrow, baby. Um, Adam, good email. I think that's a really good point. Eric writes us. Um, mail. SGG, I recently came across an area on the map called Brett Harte, California. They have a population of 5,000. Two questions. Have you been there before, and when are you moving there? Eric in Fandango's homeland of Maine. Uh, let's see. Robert writes us. Mail. I'm one of your With the Life listeners from London. So waking up to a video of Sasha Banks hugging a pair of Becky's fans before smashing their hero with a steel chair was a great start to my Tuesday. Um, I've not really been a long-time wrestling fan. I only got sucked in WWE five years ago. My mates and blah, 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 blah. So we used to watch the network. Okay. So my favorites aren't Stone Cold or Brett and Hogan is <laughs> okay. Uh, really, it's the four horsewomen. They're his favorites and their contemporaries who I tune in for. They were the people who were doing something genuinely new at the time I started watching wrestling. So Sasha versus Becky is the most excited I've been about the product post-mania. It does make me wonder if any other women's title feud could have generated the same level of fan interest. It really seems like the main roster has really struggled to make stars on the same level as Charlotte, Bailey, Becky, and Sasha, especially since Ronda left. Um, so my shoot era question for you guys is what the WWE should do to set up its women division for the long run after the Mania main event. It's a hard question, and I don't really know exactly. Um, I would say sit back and enjoy this for right now. I'm not going to sit down thinking about what's going to be next. Um, I want to enjoy this. Um, but you're right. And for the record, you know, Charlotte ended up having a big weekend with the, with the match against Trish. But I, I don't think things have been great for Charlotte recently either. 
Everyone talks about Charlotte like everything's always perfect, and I'm not blaming Charlotte for this, but it hasn't been. I think her character goes wanes, you know, being on SmackDown more, not being utilized uh, as much as Becky was, you know, not having more meaningful feuds. I just feel like Charlotte's character has its issues too, but right now it's it's having a really good moment, which I'm happy for. Mail. Zach writes us, hey, sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg, shout out to that guy, Greg. Obviously, the most major thing in WWE after SummerSlam was the debut of The Fiend. I can't remember the last time I was this excited about something in wrestling that was so far from reality but was executed so perfectly by the WWE. Since there are rumors that they are bringing back the 2002 SmackDown stage or at least changing the stage when all the programs moved to Fox in the fall, how major would it be if WWE had Bray Wyatt as his kids host character, what? Actually host a live version of the Firefly. Okay, well, that's what he's trying to say. A live version of the Firefly Funhouse on the current SmackDown stage. Um, I don't think you could do that. It's a good idea. I appreciate the email, Zach. But I think the second you try to do that, it gets very corny. That character in that setting of the Firefly, Flun- Firefly Funhouse has to be on a stage sort of separately. I just think it's the only way it works. Uh, Fiend Tiger Woods just bogeyed a hole. Um, all right, guys, I gotta get, get out of here. There's more emails. Jonathan writes about his worry about the OC, and I understand that. Particularly for me, it's just the name, though. Um, so we will, we'll read Jonathan next week. Uh, it's rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. SGG will be back next week. Stay mage. Enjoy yourself. And as always, take it easy, man. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left, the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce... Shout out Scott Guy Greg. Bret Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage.